for tuning in. This week, I'm going to share with you the 1988 disappearance of seven-year-old Amber Swartz Garcia. This story is really heartbreaking. I think anytime I talk about a little kid, I get really emotionally invested. I think of my own kids and it just breaks my heart. But it definitely reminds me of why I do this podcast to tell these stories and to share them and to keep them in people's minds. I look at the numbers of people who listen each week and I think, you know, like that's 500 people or so who now know this person's name and who might look at this photo. So that's my motivation and what keeps me going. And so I'm going to tell you Amber's story. Little Amber was jumping rope in her front yard on June 3rd, 1988. It was about 4.15 p.m. and normally she wasn't allowed to play outside alone. But on that day, her mom, Kim, reluctantly let her play outside. Kim was doing some housework and keeping an eye on Amber. But when she looked out the window, Amber was gone. Kim ran outside and Amber was nowhere to be seen. Kim immediately began running door to door asking neighbors if they had seen the little blonde haired blue eyed girl, but no one had seen her. She had simply vanished and that is every parent's worst nightmare. Police immediately began searching her Pinnell, California neighborhood, but They really find no clues. Multiple searches are done scouring playgrounds and fields everywhere. And the next day on June 4th, police did find a pair of pink socks. And strangely, they're found on a baseball diamond near a creek that flows behind Amber's house. And this was an area that they had searched thoroughly the previous day. And Kim, Amber's mom, wasn't sure if the socks were Amber's or not. And I mean, I totally get that. I don't really pay attention to my kids' socks. Can you really determine if a pair of socks belong to one particular person? I can't. Days pass and there are no signs of Amber anywhere. But then a suspect emerges. A man named Timothy Bindner. And Timothy Bindner is an interesting character, to say the least. He has this weird thing about approaching moms of missing girls and offering assistance. He introduces himself to Kim three days after Amber's disappearance. And authorities ask Kim to maintain sort of a relationship friendship with Timothy to see if they can find more information, see if he'll give up information. But they conclude that 
basically Timothy Bindner just like playing games with the loved ones of missing people and law enforcement. Timothy Bindner was a suspect in the disappearance of Michaela Garrett, Eileen Micheloff, and Amanda Nikki Campbell because he inserted himself into cases this way. But he maintained his innocence in Amber's disappearance as well as the others. He successfully sued Fairfield, California, where Nikki Campbell was from, for defamation of character in 1997. He was also ruled out in Michaela Garrick's case in 2000, and in 2020, David Mish was charged with her kidnapping and murder. Mish is currently awaiting trial in Michaela's case and is currently serving a sentence for a 1986 double murder. So while Timothy Bidner seemed like a suspect, and he definitely liked to insert himself into cases of missing girls in a really creepy way, he was ultimately ruled out. And I really have an issue with people who like toy with the emotions of the loved ones of missing people and stuff this way. Like, really irks me. Like, what kind of deviant do you have to be to do this shit? I don't know. It's messed up. So, many people suggested that maybe the man that killed Amber's dad abducted her. So, Kim was just 22 at the time and pregnant for Amber when her husband, police officer Floyd Bernie Swartz, was killed in the line of duty. In 1980, James Odell had stolen a vehicle. He then beat Rena Aguilar and stabbed and strangled her, believing that she would snitch if that he'd stolen a vehicle. Rena Aguilar died from her injuries at the hospital. She sustained stab wounds to her chest and abdomen and blunt force trauma to her head and surfaces of her brain and injuries to her neck consistent with strangulation. James Odell was wanted for murder and he was spotted in a neighborhood and Officer Swartz and his partner, partner Officer Donahue, responded and they chased Odell to an area near a creek where Odell was armed with a sawed-off rifle. They tried to negotiate with Odell, but Odell fired at Swartz. Swartz died from a single gunshot wound to the left side of his neck near his chest. Hours later, after another shootout with police, Odell surrendered. He was convicted and sentenced to death in August 1983. He was on death row at San Quentin Prison and therefore ruled out in Amber's disappearance. In 2020, he died of natural causes at the age of 71. Suddenly, in 2009, investigators announced that they had identified the man responsible for Amber's disappearance and were closing her case. Curtis Dean Anderson, a man who was in prison for kidnapping and the murder of a seven-year-old girl in Vallejo in 1999, and the kidnapping and molestation of an eight-year-old girl confessed to Amber's abduction and murder. 
So Anderson claimed that he was driving from the Bay Area to his aunt's house in Arizona when he got off the highway and saw Amber on her street. And he grabbed her, pulled her into his car, and drugged her with root beer schnapps. Anderson then claimed that he drove to a hotel room and killed her. He put the, her body in the trunk of his car and then tried to cross the border into Mexico, but the border agents there wouldn't let him cross because he was drunk. So instead, Anderson said he dumped Amber's body off Highway 10 on his way to his aunt's house in Benson, Arizona. While Anderson had also confessed to other sexual assaults and kidnappings in the Bay Area, he only signed the confession in Amber's case. A month after he signed the confession, Anderson died in December 2007 in prison. An FBI profiler who was present for the confession told investigators that Anderson was a, quote, true psychopath, end quote, and that he, quote, showed no remorse for his crimes, end quote. When investigators asked how Anderson was able to avoid suspicion for so long, the profiler said that Anderson was, quote, very smart and cunning, end quote. Authorities spent 18 months investigating Anderson's claims. Despite having no physical evidence that linked Anderson to Amber's disappearance, they closed the case. They didn't find her body where Anderson claimed he dumped it. Police said that they were confident based on the information that Anderson provided and circumstantial evidence that proved beyond a reasonable doubt that he was Amber's killer. They pointed to out the fact that Anderson was known to hang around Pinall at the time of Anderson's disappearance. But it seems to me that there's plenty of room for a reasonable doubt here. Like, if they, if this thing was going to in front of a jury, I'd, I'd have trouble with this. An FBI agent said... Quote, we have a signed confession. At some point, you just have to say, we've done everything we can, end quote. Kim, Amber's mom, never believed Anderson's confession. In 2013, police made another stunning announcement. They were reopening the case. In a statement made by Pinole Police, they said, quote, no information or evidence has been received that would dispute the confession made by Curtis Dean Anderson. However, Amber Swartz has not been located and consequently, effective immediately, the Pinal Police Department is modifying the status of Amber Swartz's case from closed to open, end quote. Kim has remained a fierce advocate for her daughter. She founded the Amber Foundation for Missing Children, a nonprofit organization that helps with missing children in the Bay Area. She also assisted in passing legislation for Amber Alerts named after a nine-year-old Texas girl who went missing in 1996. Kim also worked closely with the Department of Justice to help educate law enforcement on child abductions. Amber Swartz Garcia is described as a Caucasian female about four foot tall and weighing 65 pounds. She has blonde hair and blue eyes. At the time of her disappearance, her upper right front tooth was missing and her ears were pierced. Amber had a scar on the inside of her right eyebrow 
and moles on her throat and beneath her lower lip on the right side. Amber sucked her thumb when she was tired or nervous. Amber was hearing impaired and used hearing aids. She had a speech impediment due to her hearing impairment. Amber also suffered from migraine headaches after a concussion she received in 1984. The migraine headaches cause a loss of balance and vomiting. Amber took medication for the headaches. She had neither the medication nor her hearing aids with her at the time of her disappearance. Anyone with information on the disappearance of Amber Swartz Garcia can contact the Pinola Police Department at 510-724-8950. That's my episode for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can connect with me on social media, Twitter at PodNever, and on Facebook, Never Found, Never Forgotten Pod. And you can also send me an email, Never Found, Never Forgotten Pod at gmail.com. Until next week, bye.